but as I started to research and understand more about the dynamics and, and the challenges that most women face in the workplace, I realized that this, this could be something that helps change the world. Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. Mother's Day is around the corner, and to celebrate, I'm talking with Romy Newman, the president and co-founder of Fairy God Boss, a digital community for women to help advance their careers. We talked about how companies can support their existing employees and help get more women back to work. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Romy, it's so good to see you here on our Women on the Move podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to reminisce for a minute and think about the time where we first met. We met through a mutual acquaintance friend who also worked at Dow Jones. I think the three of us at one point in our careers worked at Dow Jones. So I guess all roads lead back there. Um, but you know, I'd met you after I had read a story about Fairy God Boss and your co-founder, Georgine Huang. And so I'd been thinking about the company. I thought the platform sounded so interesting and obviously what it meant to women. And so I think by the time we met, I was just so intrigued and really excited about that. It was a very fun lunch. For sure. Sushi, which is always good. But yeah, and, and I was so grateful for the connection. And I think one of the things that we've been lucky to have as, as women founders is a strong network, a growing network of women who are willing to take time to meet us, even if they've never met us before. So thank you for supporting us from day one, Sam. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It was so fascinating. So let us talk about the company. Let's talk about Fairy God Boss. You started it in 2015. And so let's talk about how you came to start it. You know, what was your background before that? And how did it lead you to this new endeavor? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I most recently before Fairy God Boss worked at Dow Jones. I worked at the Wall Street Journal where I was an executive and I I have to be very clear that I had an extraordinarily positive experience. I really had a job that I said fit me like a glove. I started as a finance strategy practitioner and moved into a sales lead. At one point, I ran the P&L of the Wall Street Journal newspaper and then got to transition into the digital world where I ran a digital advertising revenue for the journal. Great people great product, the world's most brilliant journalists. So it was a, a great place to work. But while all that was happening in the background, I got married, I had my two children. And after seven years there, I say that there were, you know, after all that, even though I loved my job, there were basically 10 reasons I left or something like that. And that's partly because things run their course. It's partly because there were industry headwinds. It's partly because it can be difficult to have young children and still excel as a corporate leader in a structure that doesn't have flexibility, which is something that you know Fairy God Boss is really aiming to help solve for. And frankly, I think in many ways, this pandemic has helped us take steps toward solving for. But anyway, the story goes like this. Uh, Georgine, my co-founder who you mentioned, was also a colleague of mine at Dow Jones. She was fired unexpectedly as part of a big management shakeup. And when that happened, she was two months pregnant. No one knew she was pregnant. There was no discrimination at play, but it meant she was going to have to go interview for a job while she was visibly pregnant. So it put a fine point for her on what she could research about companies online. 
and especially how she could find out which companies were the kind that really went above and beyond to support working women and support working mothers. Companies like JP Morgan that have taken a strong stance in favor of addressing gender imbalance, promoting women to the most senior ranks, institutionalizing mentorship, putting good policies and benefits into place. That was what Georgine wanted to know. And at the time in 2015, it just wasn't public information to most people. Georgine was finding that it was her ability to collect information was only as good as the people she knew. So if she didn't know somebody who worked at JP Morgan, she wasn't going to be able to find out what even what their maternity leave policy was. And there were tools emerging like Glassdoor that would tell you, you know, if the company had free lunch and how nice the gym was, but they didn't say anything about whether the company had paid leave or would would had infertility benefits or anything like that. So Fairy God Boss was designed to be a resource for women in the workplace, something that was, you know, just didn't exist. There was no place women in the workplace could go to get this information from the companies themselves or from other women who worked there. And we wanted to be that resource. So when Georgine had this idea, she came to me and I said, there, I, I was teetering, right? I was like, should I stay? Should I go? And then this opportunity came at me and I leapt up and, and took it. And I, I've never looked back. You had to do a lot of research, meaning you had to go individually onto companies' websites or ask your friends or some other way. So I think, you know, having been a woman in the workplace, it certainly resonated with me. But I, I will say, having been exposed to the concept, I actually became very aware of how much privilege I've had as a working woman. Certainly when, when I undertook this project, I didn't know that only 13% of women in America get paid leave through their employer. So I thought, oh, that's a great idea. But then as I started, you know, I thought, oh, there's definitely an audience for that. But as I started to research and understand more about the dynamics and, and the challenges that most women face in the workplace, I realized that this this could be something that helps change the world. So tell us about that conversation she had with you when she said, I have this idea. And then she explained that to you. What was your first reaction to that? How did you think about that and you know, really act on it? So we started out with this focus on employee reviews, having women anonymously report their experience at different companies. And that's still a backbone of what we have and what we do. But we've really changed our primary focus to be about the voices and the needs of our community. And so the, the most prominent and most used part of our site is a forum where women can come anonymously to share their workplace experiences and questions. And what we found, you know, in general is that women feel isolated as they rise up in, in the workplace and they have questions they don't know who to go to for answers. So was it okay that my boss said this? Or I'm asking for a raise and I don't know the best way to approach it. Or is now the time to apply for a lateral move? Or is now an appropriate time to ask for a promotion? And so what we built is this amazing community full of voices where women can go ask those questions. And also our strong community of smart, talented women can answer those questions for each other. And that's what I want us to be, to cheer each other on, to congratulate, to commiserate, to show support for one another and be this place we're all in it together. And indeed it has, and it should. And hopefully we will see even more companies putting on paid leave, companies of all sizes, you know, especially since we have an administration really pushing for these kinds of things, which is really great news. So I'd love to know how has Fairy God Boss evolved 
since you founded it, and particularly in the past year, which must have been accelerating you know, so many things for you? So the forum itself is more about generic experience, workplace concerns. We do have in parallel the reviews, which is where you could go to find out about a company and what the women uh, who work at that company say about it. So in terms of then the last year and what people have been looking for, have the questions and the dialogue changed in terms of what people are asking, um, particularly with so many women facing such you know, huge struggles and anxiety? Yeah, it's been a brutal year for women in the workplace. One and a half million working mothers still on the sidelines of the workplace. And we have definitely seen it kind of rattle through our our community. So starting with kind of the shock of how am I even supposed to help my kids with homeschool at the same time that I'm doing a full-time job to the anxiety about I'm I'm worried that if I am not available all the time, I'm going to lose my job to just like pure burnout and exhaustion. We've also unfortunately seen quite a few women who've lost their job and really struggle to find another. So there's definitely a lot of those feelings. But on the bright side, I think there's also kind of a new optimism that we're seeing as more people are getting vaccinated, as unemployment numbers go down. We're actually recently seeing a return to more kind of like career planning-based questions. So more normal, if that is is the right word for it. Mm. So we're thinking about hybrid work with a lot of people coming into the office three days a week and then having two days at home in those jobs where they can. You know, some jobs just have to be done in an office or in a branch where it comes to us. What do you think hybrid looks like for you? And when people do come into the office, what do you think they'll do with their time that might be different on other days? So for me, hybrid looks like I like to take my kids to school. I've always liked to take my kids to school. And for a while, I couldn't because it would make me late for work. So now I actually get up in the morning, work before my kids get up. Then I spend the morning with my kids, take them to school. Then I go work out. Then I start work again. (laughs) And having that control over my schedule just makes the difference. I know I've started the day. I, I got my most urgent work tasks done. I got the time with my kids and I got to work out. So now by the time I'm done, instead of feeling like behind the ball, I feel ahead of things and I feel invigorated and happier. So I, I think just being able to design my work around a schedule that works for me is so much better. I am a morning person. It's really nerdy, but I am. And so even being able to adapt my schedule to my body's natural rhythms makes me a stronger performer. I block my whole schedule, my whole week, everything I'm going to do, working out, having lunch, running an errand, working on a project. If I have a project that I know will take me two hours, I block the two hours when I'll be working on that. Like I map it all out. And I think having the transparency of my schedule and having the transparency of their schedules and and scheduling regular check-ins enables us to have a good workflow. So Romy, as women are going back into the office and want more of a flexible schedule, you know, now that so many employers will offer it. How do you think they should negotiate with their managers for this flexibility? So Sam, I mentioned I started my career in finance and marketing, and then I eventually moved into sales. And now I treat everything like a sales pitch. (laughs) And so if we're trying to get our manager to agree to flexibility, you have to express it in a way that will add value to them, right? What is it going to do for them if they help you have the flexibility that you want? 
And so I think helping them see that it's going to help you do better work, that you're going to be available to them, that you're going to get them everything they need, even with your flexibility, is really important. It will help make them a better ambassador for you. So you've written about burnout in terms of how to address it and what you can do as an individual. And I'd love for you to talk about this because I think these are really important tips that everyone can benefit from. This is going to sound really crazy. I think it sounds crazy. But I'm really interested in how work can be the balm for our burnout and can be the antidote to our burnout instead of the cause of our burnout. And I think that for many of us who are ambitious and achievers, when we do good work that we're proud of, it helps us feel good. When we do work we're proud of and we're engaged in, it actually it actually refills our cups instead of draining them. And so what I'm interested in is how we can reposition our work or our relationship to work in a way that helps us find inspiration in it again. So I think it's really important and it can feel so uncomfortable, but it's really important to assert your needs. I hope that by now everyone is clear that people are burnt out. I have the last statistic I saw that 71% of Americans say they're burned out. And then there's like an even greater proportion that don't even know they're burned out. And I said that, by the way, I knew that was me recently because I was putting in my contact lenses and I put them in and I was like, I don't understand why it's not working. It's not working. I can't get my contacts in. And it was because I had already put my contacts in. Like that was the sign from, that was the moment. I love that. Tell me your moment. I'll tell you my moment. I went on the treadmill a week ago and I did my run and got off. And when I was taking off my shoes, realized I put on one one shoe from one pair and another shoe from another pair. So didn't really realize that until, until later. That That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, you've talked about this concept, this flow, getting into activities that then you're automatically doing them. You're finding, as you say, energy from them. You know, you can't imagine you know, the time's going by so quickly. Do you feel that way? Sort of when you're in a good flow with something that you don't feel like you're working. It's just something that's coming naturally. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I last week I faced kind of a structural organizational problem for Fairy God Boss. I had to reconfigure the way a team was functioning. And for days it was kind of weighing on me. And then I finally, like the solution came into focus and then I started to execute it and got it done in a week. And now I, I just like wanted to do a victory lap. It felt so good, right? When we do the things we're good at and we achieve and it feels great and it should feel great. And so we should know which things give us that flow and lean into them. There's actually this great book I read called Designing Your Work Life. And the idea is our ideal job is not just like some other job out there. Your ideal job is how you refine and make your job conform to your preferences and your your flow, the things that light you up when you're working. That is great. That is something we can all really benefit from as we think about that. What about other things, especially helping others, helping others during this particular time and then finding the way that you like to give back to others? Uh, of course, helping others is a selfless act and, and it's good for that reason. But actually, according to the Cleveland Clinic, there is a phenomenon called the helper's high. And so when we help others, it actually reduces our own anxiety and depression. So if you're feeling exhausted or burned out, find it in yourself to find a way to help someone else and you'll actually feel more energized. Which is then benefit for both people. So that is good all around. And then lastly, you've also talked about finding joy and what that might mean to you individually. You know, maybe that's different from person to person. What does that mean to you and how do you find joy? 
I'm not talking about wedding day joy. This is like a good Netflix show joy, <laughs> but this has been brutal. I mean, we've experienced a spate of crises, the like of which we'll, we've never seen, right? The pandemic, which had a health crisis and a financial crisis. We've had a crisis of racial injustice. We've had a climate crisis. We've had political upheaval. It's exhausting. And all of that kind of on the macro, while many of us have experienced personal difficulties, I don't mean to be flippant saying that we really have to be much more deliberate about infusing joy into our days. And that does not have to come in big ways. You know, go listen to some good music and take a walk. I mean, I eat a lot of chocolate. Go eat some chocolate. What are you doing to like pamper yourself today in the smallest ways? I have two of my joy recently. One is I have this this crazy new habit where at times during this whole thing, I have felt a lot of anxiety. And when I feel anxiety, I listen to these terrible crime thriller novels on my audiobooks, and it calms me down. I don't know why, but it helps calm me down. That's one. And then the other really embarrassing one, but I'm just going to go with it, is a friend. I have a friend who always recommends the most highbrow novels to me, and she's like my book person. But she recently recommended that I read The Twilight Saga, and I am. And so that's my new guilty pleasure. I'm all about vampires and werewolves in a way I never thought I would be. (laughs) That is great. You're getting outside of yourself. I love it. That's right. I'm getting there. I like to take the breaks by looking at National Geographic. The website is fantastic and I get them on Instagram and everything. And the the pictures of animals and wildlife and nature around the world, to me, feels very transporting, you know, to some other place. Especially right now when we can't go anywhere. Can't travel anyway. So I'm definitely doing that. And I will plug some of their new series, The Secrets of the Whales. This is a great series that I'm really enjoying with my kids. So if you're interested in wildlife, particularly whales, please watch this show. It is phenomenal. So let me go back to some of the issues we're dealing with with women dropping out of the workforce. For those women who've dropped out in the last year, you know, it can be very intimidating to try to get back in right now. You might not have childcare support still, plus companies may not be hiring. So how can women go about their job hunt without getting so discouraged right now? You know, earlier this year, I had the incredible opportunity to work with a few Fairy God Boss users who've lost their job in the pandemic as part of our Job Seeker Bootcamp. And I have to say, I'm so sorry to see how they have such low confidence. And I think it's so important for them and women in general to get really clear on our value proposition, on our elevator pitch, and be able to communicate it succinctly, clearly, and with confidence in interviews. Because I can see this cycle where women are not expressing their value well enough, then they don't get the job, then they get discouraged, they lose confidence, and then they express it even less well. For women who are looking for jobs, we have to get so clear and comfortable with our story, our unique value proposition, and how we're gonna express it. And then also, not be afraid of rejection. So I don't know if you ever saw, there's this great TED talk about how we should get used to rejection and it takes time. The more that you can develop a muscle not to take it personally when you don't get a job, the better off you'll be. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not a value judgment on your capabilities. 
And I know it feels like one, but it's so much better to be able to say, look, it's not me, it's them. That is absolutely right. And I don't want women to be discouraged uh, to apply for the other jobs out there, particularly when they don't feel like they have 100% of the qualifications. I really want women to apply for jobs, even if they think they only have half the qualifications, because that's really, as a hiring manager, all you're kind of looking for. You know no one's going to be perfect and meet everyone. So I just want women to keep going for jobs and making sure that they just put themselves in the position to interview and to try to get opportunities. So I'd love to ask you about the trends you're seeing in the job market right now. So in terms of what you're seeing out there on the platform, has anything changed in terms of jobs being posted or the kinds of jobs women are even looking for? Yeah. So number of jobs being posted is like up and to the right. The volume of jobs available is just I mean, it's double now what it was this time last year. I know people don't want to hear this, but it's all digital. It's all technology, right? So I think for women who don't have those skills, the great news is they are so easy to acquire. We have never had a construct for online learning like what we have now. And, you know, if you think it's not possible, when I was like 38 years old, I had only ever worked in print newspapers. And now I have a digital startup, right? You can make this transition. It's totally possible, but you have to just leap and be willing to to learn and, and develop those sets of skills and take a leap. So the things you're seeing, in other words, are more for digitally oriented jobs, jobs in digital marketing or working on new platforms. Exactly. It could I mean, certainly it's always software engineers, but social media managers or digital marketing, right? Which is not the same as the marketing I did when I used to like send IOs for print ads over over fax. So let me talk about the need for women to encourage each other and to elevate each other in the workplace. These are topics too that you've written about. How do you strike that balance between doing your job, continuing to get it all done and juggling, and then taking the time to really mentor and help others? I am all about efficiency. So I think the more you can make it one and the same, the better. So if somebody comes to you and they want to be mentored, you can say, great, you want to help me with this project I'm working on? Let's work on it together. Because you're right, we, we don't have, we already didn't have extra time and we don't, we don't have a ton of extra time. And I, I always say when I was at the Wall Street Journal, I was the only woman vice president in my organization and there were many, many junior women and they all wanted me to mentor them. And I'm like, I have young kids, I have a full-time job. And I was like, you want, I'd be so happy to meet with you, sign up. These are the hours that you can come see me, which is another way to do it. But I think the more that you can make it part of the workflow, I'm also a huge believer in stretch assignments. My career was totally made on stretch assignments. So if you can create and offer those to women who may not even be in your direct organization, I think it's a great opportunity. And I think that actually leads toward a deeper relationship, a sponsorship if you will, versus a mentorship, a sponsorship, which I define as having somebody really advocate for you, give you that stretch assignment, pull you up into another role. And I think when people see what you can do because you've worked together, that lends itself to that sponsorship kind of model and, and a trust building model. Did you have sponsors? And when you talk about having a stretch assignment, who gave you those and how did you create that relationship? I had some sponsors and in particular one who really just helped propel my career forward. It was a man. And what I will say that he did that made all the difference was he always brought me into the room. So my job was to do the analysis and provide him with the data. So when he'd go meet with the CEO and the board, he'd look impressive. 
But when he'd go meet with the CEO and the board, he'd always bring me. And when he was asked a question, he would give me the floor to answer it. And it gave me so much visibility and so much credibility. I mean, looking back, it was just elegant, right? It was just generous and elegant. Um, and I'm so grateful and I definitely try to pay it forward. What do you think it was about your performance that made this person want to take you on and do that? Yeah, I think it was that I could see what he needed to do his job better. And I was really oriented on helping him do his job better without being asked. So I was sort of appointed his chief of staff without him knowing what he needed from a chief of staff. And so I just kind of like rolled up my sleeves and tried to be helpful in every possible way and anticipate what was needed. Yeah. Which again, gets you noticed, gets you those stretch assignments, which once you're doing them great, get you even more. And the fact that you were coming into the room with him, I think just speaks volumes about his trust in you and your performance. So let's talk about too, how we can also help working moms just get through this time. You know, hopefully once either they're still in their jobs or they can come back to work. How can we best support each other as we go into more hybrid models? But knowing that those models might not appear overnight, you know, it might take some time to really get into a flow. You know, I'm very interested by the the, the fact that, you know, there's this Gallup data that shows that people with best friends at work have much higher job satisfaction and engagement, right? But the concept of that is that when you go to work, you're seeing your friends. We don't go to work anymore. So I think the way that we can help each other is to bring those friendships together, even digitally, connecting with each other, checking in on each other, telling jokes. And then I, I also look at this huge population of people who have onboarded virtually and probably have never met their co-founder, their coworkers in person. Reaching out to them and helping pull them into the fold is means so much. So we're going to start to go back to our offices pretty soon. And more and more colleagues online are saying, can't wait to see you for a coffee or a drink after work even. And I know people are really looking forward to that in-person, just, I don't know, discussions again and good relationships. And I think even when you think you don't have the time for it, you know, to your point on taking the breaks and not dealing with burnout, even 10 minutes of catching up with someone in person or frankly, still just even online is so important. I find it so enjoyable. It feels like you don't have time, but you don't have time not to do it. Find some work that you're not going to do instead because you've got to fill yourself up. It is too hard otherwise. And you and you're not going to do good work. We have to set our, like, if we just work, 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 we're not doing good work. That's right. And I think it's another reminder that at a certain point, you must put down your work. You must pick up your head. You must take your walk back in the office and find people and start to build that network again and really connect. And until you're in the office, try to do it digitally, get 15 minutes of someone's time, but start thinking about how you're going to build those connections and ultimately get to those mentors and sponsors. So we are headed into the Mother's Day weekend. So I would love to know, what is your ideal Mother's Day? Is there anything you will do or hope to get on Mother's Day? So I don't know if it's my ideal Mother's Day, but my Mother's Day Sunday is going to look like every other Sunday does this spring because both my kids are playing Little League and I'm beyond thrilled that they are, especially after last year and it makes them so happy and they love it. But I'm spending a lot of time on the sidelines and that is what I will be doing. <laughs> Sounds about right for me too. I think there might be a doubleheader um, coming up in my future. Romy, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you and to hear what's going on in your world and with so many of the women that you help through Fairy God Boss. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
thank you for joining my conversation with Romy Newman. She has such a strong pulse on the current state of the workforce through the Fairy God Boss community. I really loved her advice on how to negotiate for flexibility by demonstrating your value. And I'm looking forward to the hybrid office of the future that she described. As we wrap up, I just want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss any others. For J.P. Morgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. is a member of the FDIC.